You're listening to Nightmare on Film Street. The current time is 6.66. Traffic is clear ahead from here to the afterlife. But it's hell outside. For the next hour, you're on Nightmare Time. So, let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome back to the summer of 88. I'm John. I'm Kim. And on this week's episode of Nightmare on Film Street, the horror movie podcast for the casually obsessed, we're closing out our double feature of horror movies from the summer of 1988. Yeah, we are closing down the drive-in. It's like after midnight, snack bar's closing, we're putting on the second film. The kids have fallen asleep after watching a whole bunch of people get melted in the blob. Mm -hmm. There's some people naked in the back of that truck over there. It's just like old time's sake. Yeah, and taste is out the window. We're going to watch. It's time for something goofy. It's time for something off the rails. We're talking about Sleepaway Camp 2. Unhappy campers. I think we're all probably. I mean, I mean you know, if you watch, if you're casually obsessed with horror movies, you've probably at least heard of Sleepaway Camp. There's a pretty good chance you haven't watched the Sleepaway Camp sequel. <laughs> Uh, also starring Angela. She's back again, baby, five years after the event. Different actress, of but... The, oh, <laughs> different actress playing Angela. Different actress portraying Angela on the cover of the poster. Yeah! Like, just somebody that's not in the movie whatsoever. It looks... I mean, it's probably the poster they used to sell the movie at a film market. Uh, she does look like she's auditioning for a music video Honestly, more than a horror looks movie. looks like the cover of a Christopher Pike novel. Like, they shot it before they filmed it, maybe? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, this one, this one's wild. The Sleepaway Camp is one of my all-time favorites. I absolute like top three summer camp horror films. Absolutely. Oh yeah, it's a perfect movie to watch in the middle of summer. It has a very specific, unique quality to it. It's a very independent movie made by people who don't didn't make movies, and uh, there's a, there's just a grittiness to it that feels like real life. Sleepaway Camp 2, on the other hand, goofball territory. No grit. <laughs> no, not at all. They're just like, fuck it. This one's a comedy more than anything else. Yeah, and I think that's a great way to lead into our three good things. So if you haven't seen it yet, uh, we're going to recommend why you should or maybe why you should reconsider. Number one, there are three back-to-back horror movie gags spoofing Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre in, like, the span of 10 seconds. Yeah, where do you get a slasher? I mean, apart from Scream, okay, like, never mind, I'm going to take this all back. I'm right, I'm dialing it back. I was going to say a slasher that mentions other slashers, but mm. Scream kind of does that. But this is 1988, and we got a Freddy Krueger glove. Freddy Krueger glove. Uh, for some reason, neither of us can say that word right Krueger. now. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Jason Voorhees mask and an actual real person's face uh, being used for Leatherface. That's pretty great. Yeah, nice little nod. Uh, number two, I'm going to go with something that, if you were a fan of the original one, you're going to be happy that's in this one, is the variety of kills. Mm. So it's a slasher film, and it's in the era where, you know, your, your killer normally has one tool of the trade, and Sleepaway Camp kind of subverts that in a way in that 
all of the kills are really unique. The kills in the original Sleepaway Camp are so original and really well done. And in the second one, yes, they're done for yucks a little more, but they keep that, um, that spirit alive by making sure that every single kill is a little bit different. Okay, I mean, we should probably take a step back, right, and say that both of these movies are kind of trash. And even the kills in the first one, as unique as they are, are kind of trash. <laughs> but they're they're a unique brand of trash that is like, mmm, so good. <laughs> like, they're, in the first movie, let, here are three good things about Sleepaway Camp number one. Somebody gets killed with bees. That's not... It, it, it's incredible Why that somebody it made trash? it. But uh, I think that is high art. <laughs> somebody gets killed with a curling by iron. getting a curling iron shoved inside them. <laughs> and somebody else else uh gets boiled to death in a bucket of corn that one's because he was rapey and he deserved it and one of the great deaths my number three for sleepaway camp two uh, a girl gets drowned in an outhouse with leeches oh it's so gross are leeches a thing in outhouses i don't know if they live in outhouses but they're definitely a thing in bodies of water yeah it may i had a lot of questions about the person who made the movie because let's let's say that leeches you put your bare butt on an outhouse and a leech is just like halt. No. <laughs> Let's say leeches do exist inside outhouses. Let's say leeches exist. <laughs> in specifically in outhouses. This isn't a swamp. I mean, it's kind of swampy, but uh, I think you'd only know that if you're spending a lot of time looking down the outhouse hole, which I've never done. I'm assuming like this is getting into like deep cut stuff, so I'll I'll keep it brief okay. before we get into it. But I think she lives there. I think she's been living there for years. I think this is a Jason Voorhees cabin scenario. I'm talking. I'm, I've got concerns about the person who wrote the those movie. leeches are her pets. Okay, yeah. Well, it's it's a great death. It's kind of friggin'. It's pretty gross, but it's awesome. Uh, and you know, once again, those are just three good things. We could come up with another three fun, unique kills, but I think that's going to be the majority of what we're talking about. So, like any good drive-in movie theater, we're going to toss you to some trailers, and when we get back, it's the feature presentation. There used to be this camp about 60 miles from here, Camp Arawak. All these kids started getting killed. Well, it ended up that the killer was the shy 14-year-old girl that everybody picked on, except she wasn't... Baby, you're supposed to be in the cabin, let's go. Wait, what happened to the killer? Whatever happened to the good kids in the world? Oh, don't talk like that, Uncle John. There's lots of good kids. We just have to weed out the bad. Remember, ladies, nice girls don't have to show it off. Where's Phoebe? I had to send her home. I found her doing things with the boys last night that she had no business doing. <laughs> I know the rest of you are nice young ladies and you won't get into any trouble. <laughs> Let this be a lesson to you. <laughs> Say no to drugs. Camp Rolling Hills is the best. Oh, I'm being the wicked witch of the west hey but i know what happens when things get out of control you're gonna tell oh, I'm a happy camper. 
night campers. Sleepaway Camp 2. This uh, won't surprise you at all, Kim. Oh, shit. I thought I had Can that. I guess? 18%. Oh no, it's 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 not that bad. Oh um, wow, thirty three percent. It's currently sitting at a five point five out of ten on IMDb, a fifty five percent on oh, Rotten wow. Tomatoes, and a two point nine out of five on Letterboxd. That's barely a tart tomato. <laughs> That's barely a tart. Yeah, those you could almost make fried green tomatoes out of these suckers. Uh, yeah, Sleepaway Camp Two. I so we are actually talking about this movie on the podcast because recently we had we hosted a watch party for the Fiend Club, and we usually let them vote on what movie to watch. We give them a poll but sort it's, of, it's secret yes we sort of like give little hints about what the movie could be yeah so if you really wanted to google it you could figure out all of them pretty much two of the movies that in the poll last month were a you know classic summer slasher that was sleepaway camp and classic uh, death and, yeah and a <laughs> bad sequel to a great 80s horror movie uh, which just so happened to be sleepaway camp too. The other the other options were not other Sleepaway Camp movies, but for a minute there, it really looked like Sleepaway Camp 2 was going to win, and based on the reactions, because I like to put the trailers for each of those um, in the intermission of the movie. So you can kind of see what could have been. Yes. Uh, everybody seemed like they were cheated a little bit by not watching Sleepaway Camp 2. And That's how it ended up on the podcast. That's how it ended up on the podcast. We're... I'm going to use my I statements here. I'm a big fan of this one. <laughs> a few years ago, Kim and I just binged the Sleepaway Camp movies, and this one was a huge surprise and and really laid the groundwork like i thought like wow damn are all the sleepaway camp sequels better than i thought no they are not <laughs> but sleepaway camp 2 unhappy pretty campers pretty good pretty good little pretty hidden gem darn good yeah, it- yeah so i i my biggest point that i want to make um and i had a real hard time not making it my one good thing because it's so big of a point that i wanted to talk about it a bit and what i love most about sleepaway camp 2 is that in a weird kind of way, we're, we're bringing Angela back because it was like such a successful, I guess, reveal or a, such a shocking mm. um, and controversial thing to do that we're kind of we're bringing back that killer that we know and love and <laughs> we're back at camp. But there's no secrets here. There's no secrets at all. This is not a whodunit. We're not, you know, lurking in the shadows and trying to figure out who the killer is. Like You follow the killer through the movie. We see her in the opening credits as a murderer. And we know she's the killer the whole time. Yeah, it's pretty funny. There's no mystery at all. Her attitude toward murder is definitely different. Like there's there's a, like a psychological. Oh, she's break. an entirely different person. Yeah, no, no. Now she's just uh I don't know. She's just loving the job. You know, this is just what she does. In the first one, it's it's sort of like a Hitchcock sort of like late sixties horror movie thing where it's just like, oh, we broke her psycho like we broke her psychologically, and now all oh, the only the only language she knows is violence. <laughs> I might so Kim likes to make like peeling back the curtain a little bit. Kim likes to make notes before we sit down to record, uh, and she'll put a character's name, sometimes how they die, like their relationship to other characters, and our final girl Molly. Uh, she just wrote the word bangs and drew a little doodle of some some eighties hair bangs. <laughs> <laughs> just so you knew which bangs. So Angela in the movie is played by Patricia Springsteen, which I think Kim already knows, but yeah. I'm gonna share for anybody out there that is the sister of Bruce Springsteen. Actually is. <laughs> but did you know that Molly 
is played by Renee Estevez. And who is she? Oh, no! <laughs> yeah! She's wow. the sister of uh, Emilio Estevez, Ramon Estevez, and Charlie Sheen. Look at this dynasty movie! <laughs> right? We, it's, it's Sleepaway Camp 2, Nepo Baby. <laughs> oh, what a stacked cast. Yeah, no, uh, Angela, Angela Springsteen. Angela? Patricia Springsteen. <laughs> Uh, playing Angela is wild in this movie because I don't know. She's at peace in this movie in a way, right? Yeah, like she's honestly doing all right. I mean, apart from being a murderer, like she's hurting a lot of people, but it seems like it's taken no toll on her. Yeah, like the first one, you feel bad for her at the end because she's definitely oh, yeah. gone through, like you were saying, a psychological break and something wrong has definitely happened to her. And it's right at a pivotal point in her life. She's experiencing puberty and, you know, it's not the puberty that she was anticipating it to be. Like, that's a complicated situation that you could, if you wanted to go deeper than like, ah, it's a slasher and people are getting curling ones up the hoo-ha. Mm-hmm. Like, there's stuff there to chew on. But this one... She's just like the morality police of camp. Yes, yeah. She's on a crusade, killing. And at first, she's killing anybody who's breaking the rules of camp. And then it's the you know the rules of horror movies where you have to be a prude in order to survive. You have to be a virtuous camp teenage girl. <laughs> and, but by the end of it, it's also just anybody who's kind of mean to her. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> she's fast and loose with her rules. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 I think she kills the entire camp by the end of the movie. Oh, everyone. But, like, honestly, you're right in in that she just kills, like, people that bother her because those two young boys are doing, like, a prank on her. And that's, like, such a traditional camp thing. You think she would feel, like, appreciated and brought into the fold that these two kids are dressing up as Freddy Krueger and Jason to scare her. But nope, she just kills them. Oh, those (laughs) two kids. No, I thought you were talking... Oh, not the ones that are taking nudie photos. I thought you were talking about the, like, seven-year-old peeping Toms who call themselves the Tit Patrol. (laughs) Yeah, they're just spying on girls. Another classic camp move from the 1980s just spying on girls taking photos of them while they're getting changed (laughs) yeah no the boys that she kills who are just doing pranks are definitely like I mean so many people don't deserve to be killed in this movie it kind of looks like the coolest camp as much as some of the some of the uh, the attendees are jerks there's a pretty good handful of kids there that, if there wasn't a counselor murdering them, would have had the summer of their lives. Everyone's getting laid, doing yeah. drugs. People are getting their first boyfriend. It, it's, it seems pretty nice. Yeah, I mean, the oatmeal looks like concrete, and apparently <laughs> the eggs are runny. You know, the weirdest thing about this camp, and, I, and I'm really upset about this, so uh-huh. I'm, I'm bringing it up. Bring it up. The fact that they have a lake, we've seen a lake, and the big swimming sequence, they're at like an in-ground pool. What camp is this? <laughs> I think it's a rich camp. Yeah, it's a rich camp. It's got to be a rich camp. Yeah. How do you how do you get in-ground pool money when well, you've got a lake next door? Yeah, and they're like the locks on the cabin doors are just a piece of wood with a nail. Like, yeah. Why do they have an in-ground pool? I did see on Wikipedia the production notes for this movie are one sentence long. Uh, it says that they used a YMCA camp or something like that uh, to shoot at. And the funny thing about that is the only thing I think of when I hear the words YMCA pool. Is pool, <laughs> yeah. The the YMCA is so much more than that, Kim. It's uh, it's what <laughs> what the lyrics like? It's a, it's a place that you can go when you're feeling down. I was gonna use the YMCA lyrics. I just completely forgot all of them. Is that what it's? Is the YMCA lyrics actually about the YMCA? Well, I think the YMCA is also where you could get a cheap, affordable room and for a period hook up with other dudes. 
like the I think the whole idea of the YMCA oh, so is this like, was it's like a cool, a it's a cool friend of Dorothy <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> I love it. Now it's like a library and um community center rooms. Yeah, what is the what is You the... can rent it for your like your you know, if you want to have a baby shower with classroom desks. Yeah. So that's probably why they had a pool because it's a YMCA campground. They didn't really didn't need it. They had a lake. No, and they never. Or maybe that lake was full of leeches. Leeches. That's possible. Yeah. Did we ever go to the lake in the movie? Like, there's some establishing shots of the lake. Yeah, we just see some shots of the lake. Okay. Maybe it was nowhere near the water. <laughs> this is yeah, a hundred percent. This is a landlocked camp, but with some with the clever use of stock footage. <laughs> We're there by the water in New Jersey. What's your favorite death in the movie? My favorite death in the movie. I do really enjoy the burnt up twins. That's the, yes! Because she basically, she finds them both passed out in the woods with their sleeping bags. They're just like surrounded by joints that they haven't smoked. An empty bottle of liquor. Yeah. One of them's making out with a dude. It's a PSA done by somebody who has never seen kids doing bad stuff in yes. the woods before. Yes, 1988's New Jersey Reefer Madness. Exactly. One of the characters wakes up and her sister is already dead. She's yeah. just a charcoal black skeleton. Yeah, she wakes up on a grill because Angela is pouring alcohol and gasoline all over her. Yeah, and when she sits up in a panic, she's face to face with the burnt, charred corpse of her sister. It is... Such a great image. I love it. And just, it's so cheeky and cheesy. The the charcoal corpse is just perfection. I yeah. love it. And the whole, like, this is why you should say no to drugs and pff, lights are on fire. She's so frank and she's saying all these great one-liners, but it's always to people who are dying and or dead already yeah. and can't hear her. I also love that the expression on her face is not a murderer's expression. Like, it's no. all just like, ha-ha, or Every- like, ugh. <laughs> like, even she's like, oh, I'm getting ketchup on my face <laughs> everything about her is so pg except for what her hands are doing <laughs> yeah another really good one is when she and i love that the the ruse that she's pulling over uh, uncle john the leader of the camp is that uh found some kids doing some bad stuff had to send them home and he's like you should really talk to me before you do that but i trust your judgment here you're doing the right thing he, uh she is gonna drive one of these other camp kids home mayor who uh hates the word mayor hates the name mary and she's trying to talk her out of it like you sure i can't get you to stay you sure you don't want to spend the rest of the summer well i I think she's gonna give her the opportunity because i don't think she thinks this girl is particularly the bad seed of the group she knows at this point that it's Allie. Allie's a bitch um, (laughs) who convinced mayor to to bear her breasts to the boys and she just wants her to apologize and she will not so she drill. He, she takes a drill. <laughs> she get, she puts a drill to her face in the car. Inside the car, with all like that interior looked like it was cloth. Yeah, that'd be hard to clean up. That's like a one inch spade bit she's using too. That would that put some holes in. <laughs> she really doesn't look like she cares though. No. Did they have battery operated drills back in the eighties? That's not something I know about. I don't know. Maybe she plugged it in the cigarette lighter. It's one of those cool futuristic drills. But yeah, she's been storing all the dead bodies in an abandoned cabin out in the woods that Kim seems to think she lives in. Very Jason Voorhees. So you think in the off season, she's staying in the abandoned camp or abandoned cut. Yeah, because so she's been let out. At least she reveals this in the finale that she she, she's like, I did my time. Yeah. Uh, She went for like psychiatric help. La la la. She got electroshock therapy. 
I'm she's changed her name and I'm assuming she's not living with her aunt anymore because her her aunt was No, it's Angela. Yeah, it's Angela like Johnson. She's just changed her last name. Oh, she's name. changed the last name. Got it. Okay. So I'm I'm saying that she's living in that fucking abandoned cabin. Interesting. It's her roots. She's 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 fully camp now. That's all that uh, that all that exists left in Angela. <laughs> okay. It's silly though Summer camp. that they didn't set this on the same lake. It's like next. Maybe they didn't want to get too close to Friday the Thirteenth because like the, the idea there would be that you've got this whole other abandoned camp that no one uses anymore since the murder. I honestly, in my head, that's canon. They said it was sixty miles down the road. I know, and then the abandoned cabin is only one mile away. But but it's a single <laughs> cabin in the middle of the woods. It's I, I guess that's just a cabin they used when they were making sugar back in the early nineteen hundreds or something, right? Which is a weird. Um, cabin that we came across in the middle of a woods once while we were camping in the middle of nowhere. And it looked like the Blair Witch Shack. It looked like the Blair Witch Shack. And also we were lost at the time, so it was very scary. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, that's where my that's where my grandfather used to boil sugar all winter long. And it's like, yeah, no one definitely got murdered there ever, 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 ever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll say this, complete side note, the woman who told us that story who owned that cabin in the middle of the woods in nowhere said that she and her sisters or friends got like drunk one night in the in the late 90s and at you know at the height of popularity for the Blair Witch project decided to go out and like film their own little <laughs> Blair Witch movie and I wish she had a had a copy of that on VHS I would have watched the fuck out of it Yeah that. honestly it was the best we kind of talked her into letting us film there but we just like never came up with We moved plot. out of the province <laughs> That was the problem I wanted to do an alien thing We but... could go back <laughs> they'd let us And then it used the goats to star Yeah that'd be great We'll get A24 to buy it. They love goats right now. <laughs> That's true. There's not a whole lot else plot-wise in the movie, right? Like, she just bumbles around until somebody does something that she doesn't like, something anti-camp, and then she takes them out to the woods and, uh, you know, vanishes them. What are you talking about? There's a huge love triangle in the movie. Massive. Very important plot details, because Molly is not as... Ready? <laughs> yeah, like she's not as experienced. There you go. Well, That's yeah, those, the word. Th- those are the words. Yeah, that she not as experienced this, yeah. as Allie, who's using her tits as a weapon and just bearing them for all of the attention that she can get. And she's she's you know what she's she's pulling a Judy is what she is. She, she's a real Judy. She wants the attention and she knows how to get it. And honestly, she she can do whatever the fuck she wants. So Molly is getting together with Sean, who looks like he's 36 years old, but we'll, we'll You're saying that because of the one scene where he had his t-shirt off, and he had, she just had an absurd- So much body hair. An absurd amount of body hair for a, at best, 17-year-old boy. He did not look 17. Because, well, he's not a counselor, He so could have been a counselor. I think the counselors are probably 17. Man, we haven't even talked about fucking lead counselor mullet, man. The biggest goddamn mullet in the world. It was quite a mullet. I'm taking us away from Allie and Molly, though, yeah. So, like, obviously, Molly has got a thing with Sean. Sean's a sweet boy, despite being 40 years old. Uh, and obviously, Allie just, you know, she only wants Sean. She just wants the attention. She wants him because he's not interested. In her. Yeah. He's interested in Molly. Exactly. Yeah, she's just trying to break It's him a up. conquest thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Genghis Khan move. <laughs> That, that classic teenage girl Genghis Khan move. Uh, I've seen this before. Yeah, Genghis Khan, the original mean girl. Every time he the conquered a new territory. Yeah, every time he conquered a new territory, he wrote something bad about it in his book. Like, fucking China, this wall's shit. 
Sean, unfortunately, he he has a fun death too because at some point, you know, she, uh, Angela has Molly and Sean tied up in the abandoned cab, and they've kind of like discovered her secret. This is where she's been keeping all the bodies. Everybody's fucked up. No one smells this cabin from a mile away. Uh, and when Molly wakes up, she sees that uh, you know Sean is there. She anyway. The point is, Angela cuts his fucking head off. It was such a surprise. I full out gasped. I thought he was gonna make you it thought, to the end. You thought the both of them were gonna make it yeah, to the end. Yeah, like but, young love. But she stuffs his head in a TV set, which is great. It is great. It just shows that somebody on the set was listening to the cramps. They got good taste. I can handle that. And But while she's trying to get rid of the body, Molly escapes, which leads to genuinely one of the funniest lines of the entire goddamn movie, where Molly's running through the woods. She's not doing a great job of, like, you know... She runs Angela in a straight a line. Yeah. <laughs> so so Angela catches up with her and, you know, she's she's holding a knife, you know, that classic move back and toward a, a cliff. She doesn't realize it falls, hits her head. And when Angela is standing over the ledge, looking at down at her apparently dead corpse, she goes, oh, you almost made it too. <laughs> 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 fucking died. And <laughs> that happened. Uh, but after that, she basically goes on a spree off screen, killing everybody. Everybody that's left. So, because which this, is not much. Yeah, it's like six people at this point. Because when she they, she finally gets fired by Uncle John or whatever. Her cabin, the cabin she's responsible, only has one girl left in And that it. girl's just like, where the fuck is everybody? She's like, <laughs> I had to send them all home. <laughs> and they fired me because of it. Just real torn up. I, I love when we do finally see the dead body for Uncle John, though. It looks as though he was just about to call the police because his hand is holding the phone, but it's been chopped off at the wrist. And then he's, he's obviously he's got his throat slashed. Very blood rage. <laughs> yeah. In the corner is is TC, the, the head male counselor he's just got a fucking mullet that you could put I in don't a think hall that's of fame. TC I think that's the boy that Allie slept with because TC dies in the cabin um, by the battery acid from his own battery that got stolen oh my mistake you're right so it's it was a lot of blonde and a lot of hair it's he fine. I just want to talk about mullets for a second because not that have the floor yeah, not that, you know, we're 30 years overdue for this conversation. I think people have been t- saying... Do you think mullets are coming back? Mullets are back already. Are we they? have friends who have mullets. No, but, like, that's called a shag. It's a shag. Okay, well, I mean, to be fair, the people I'm mentioning are in a band. Okay, well, so. those are mullets, but <laughs> they're ironic? Question mark. I think the mullet was, like, half the time was ironic back then. And was it? Was it? A pretty, it was a pretty legitimate What about haircut. the rat tail? Look... I'm biased. I, <laughs> I have some personal experience with the rat tail oh. that I don't want to get into. I was seven. My it was a cool had a rat tail. Yeah, we, we were all cooler for it. But the mullet doesn't make any sense to me because it's such a bad haircut for the summer. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Like, they're always playing baseball with their mullets and you're like, your neck. Yeah. Like, you're just, that's the it's the one place you don't want hair in the summertime. Yeah, like, I can understand, like, a hockey mullet because, you know, like, it's playoffs. For some reason, we grow our hair out. So, like, your hair's this awkward, like, weird length. Well, I think I the, the, mullet, the mullet's the perfect haircut for a sports helmet because there's no extra hair in the helmet and nothing gets in no, your in face. your eyes. But, so you, but, but you just, like, you, you're so busy that you can't finish the haircut before you get out of the field. <laughs> Like it's like the idea is like the boys are cutting your hair for you in the locker room. You hear the buzzer go like, "Oh shit, we don't have time to do the back. Let's get out there." <laughs> There's just like a human centipede of hair cutting happening in the boys' yeah, locker exactly, room. Exactly, but everybody finishes at the same time. They're like it's out of my eyes. It's fine. I don't need the rest of it. I'll tuck it down the shirt. <laughs> 
like a backwards dicky. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's a haircut that I've never been able to make sense of. Because, yeah, it's like you don't have any hair in your face. That's cool and all. But who gives a fuck about getting some hair on your forehead if you've got all this heat on your neck? Even when I had long hair, I always tied my hair. You up don't have any it. interior climate control though, so like you're not what you. No, you, I'm you, always running at 105. <laughs> like, you run at like werewolf degrees. Yes, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not gonna lie. I am very hot right now. <laughs> Just because we closed the door. <laughs> I need I need airflow. <laughs> Sleepaway Camp Two. Just to get back on track. <laughs> Unhappy Campers, great sequel in general. Like, it kind of keeps the same sort of summer camp vibe from Sleepaway Camp. I don't think you're ever really expecting... Like, the first movie is always lightning in a bottle, and the second movie has to either, like, evolve the mythos, get deeper into the weeds, or just be a little outlandish and fun. This really checks that box for sure. Yeah. And it's it's a perfect movie to watch as a second movie on a double bill well and honestly too it's up against friday the 13th like that is such a titan in the summer camp horror industry like Mm -hmm. you had they had to do a tonal switch they had to do something different because this is 1988 at this point friday the 13th were coming out every year from like 1980 even well yeah i think this year would have been uh new blood maybe by the end of the year so they had to do something zany and they totally did and i think it it gives that like texas chainsaw massacre 2 vibe where you're just like what the fuck are they doing where they just kind of drop everything and like there's just enough to keep it tied together but it's a movie of its own the movie really makes a lot more sense when you think about it in the landscape of 1988 like 1988 is kind of a weird year for for movies anyway like you do get the first child's play you get john carpenter's they live but we've also dream master came out Dream Master, uh, Pumpkinhead, Night of the Demons, Halloween 4, Poltergeist 3, Critters 2. Wow. Yeah, like it was, a, it, it, Hellraiser 2 as well. It was it was a time, you know? I think this movie fits right in between all of those pretty well. The, the era where they discover like, oh, this worked. <laughs> <laughs> and what's a summer double feature without at least one movie at camp. You know, The Blob is very much a fall movie, even though we're like right in the middle of football season. Uh, but it's like leading up to the winter. It's also kind of funny to go to the movies and the finale of a movie is when snow saves the day. It's like the one thing you're not thinking about when you go to a movie in the summer. It's not. It's like the one thing you don't think about in the summer at all. Yeah, and I think it was originally released in August. Uh, that's probably right. Yeah, yeah. and this one is definitely a summer movie. Like, they start with the haunted story at camp, the legend of, you know, serial killers and monsters, and that's kind of where they, they hit on the, the origin of Angela. Yeah, it's, like, honestly, it, it, it always feels a little cheap to have the campfire story at the beginning of a movie because it's the opportunity honestly, to recap everything. Honestly, I love a campfire story. Oh, no, story. I, I'm about it. Like, honestly, I don't... Honestly, Friday the 13th doesn't have enough. The, the most iconic one, I guess, is... Friday Thirteenth Part Two, and well, and I think some of the other movies they just use scenes from Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. <laughs> it's like we don't need to reshoot another camp scene. It was staged very well, though. Like that is the Last Supper of Friday the Thirteenth moments. Yeah, yeah. There's there's levels. It looks good. The Sleepaway Camp Two has a even more egregious reuse of footage. They don't use any footage from Sleepaway Camp, no. but. 
at some point in the movie. Dream sequence. A dream sequence that Angela's having like a nightmare recapping the events of the movie you're currently watching. <laughs> Just <like> slow <laughs> down so you can really take it in. <laughs> it's bizarre. It's honestly like they just put the trailer for the movie halfway through the movie because they needed an extra few minutes because yeah. isn't the runtime of this like an hour and 20 minutes. Honestly, we're like 40 minutes into this recording and I don't know if there's any movie left to talk about. No, definitely not. You know, maybe that's there as a public service uh, for anybody who was hooking up at the beginning of the movie like hey just you know the windows are fogged you've just cleaned them off this is what you missed you're you're caught up again i'm and now- a happy camper <laughs> <laughs> you gotta play to the crowd and you you know for a fact that the crowd that you're playing to is drunk stoned and possibly currently having sex like we need recaps every once in a while just to make sure we don't lose it or at least getting a hickey <laughs> yeah <laughs> so kim what's your rating to sleepboy camp too it is so different from the original. The original, like, it, it stands on its own. It's it's so good. This one is so odd. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun, though. Like, I don't ever regret watching it. It's definitely a perfect summer movie to watch. Yeah. There's no better time. I, if, you're, if you're watching it in the winter and you're looking for, like, a movie to watch, then maybe you'd be like, what is this? But in the summer, perfect. Mm, three out of four. Yeah. Three out of four is the right rating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this this movie's a boatload of fun. It's big dumb fun, and you never you don't expect it to do. It's not gonna be high art. Like fuck no. This is a this is a silly little sequel. But as far as silly little sequels go, uh, it's got it's got a lot of kooky deaths. It's got a lot of good laughs. I hate saying it has the summer vibe, but it exudes summer. Yeah, and Angela is honestly this version of Angela is such a weird character that. Even today, like, there's nobody like her. It's it's a little strange, yeah. You, uh, if you like her a lot, you can see her again in Sleepaway Camp 3, Teenage Wasteland. Wait, I think she's driving a, a garbage truck at the beginning of the movie. She somehow makes her way back to camp. I think she's, like, a wanted criminal at that point. Like, they're like, oh, we're finally onto her. It took 60 deaths, but we know to avoid <laughs> this girl. And somehow she makes her way over to camp. It's not nearly as good. It's got a it's got a few fun deaths. I think somebody gets killed and strung up on the flagpole. Uh, I remember that being... Uh, this one didn't have enough flagpole. Not enough flagpole. It also didn't have anybody playing a bugle or getting no on the radio air horn like, good morning, campers! <laughs> Needed some of that. I guess what we're asking for is Wet Hot American Summer, but with a killer running around in the Sounds background. Sounds great. Yeah. Love no, it. I'd, I'd watch the <laughs> fuck out of that. <laughs> anyway, let us know what you thought of Sleepaway Camp 2, Unhappy Campers, uh, on Twitter, on Spotify if you want. There's a fucking section now where you can literally tell us what you thought about this episode, as long as it's good. Are you going to moderate that, though? I probably think you have to not. it. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Uh, I only just found out that it existed, and there were some people that had said some very very nice things about some episodes from two months ago, so I'll get to it when I get to it, but please let us know what you thought. <laughs> uh, you can talk to us in the Nightmare on Film Street Discord at nofspodcast.com slash Discord. We, we actually we actually do check that one. <laughs> yeah, we're we're in there every day, and it's got a whole it's got a huge collection of fiends like yourselves that just want to chat about horror movies, recommend movies to other people, and show off their funny memes and cool tattoos. 
And if you want even more Nightmare on Film Street content, you can join us on Patreon at nofspodcast.com slash fiendclub or patreon.com slash nightmare on film street. We release bonus episodes several times a month. We also host Watch Party, which we mentioned at the top of the episode, and other fun stuff, including swag and goodies. So uh, check that out if you want to support the show. Uh, it's only a few bucks a month and you can get a ton of cool stuff. That is at nofspodcast.com slash fiendclub or patreon.com com slash nightmare on film street yeah if you're looking for some specific summer content we did a a podcast series recapping the friday the 13th movies they're ambient uh episodes so it we made it sound like you're we're all sitting around a campfire talking about jason uh dropping in clips and stings from the movies uh, obviously, we did the Never Sleep Again podcast series where we watched all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies with zero sleep. We're in the middle of the Universal Monster Horrors. And of course, like Kim mentioned, the watch parties are great. We host those once a month. It's kind of like going to an Alamo draft house without leaving your fucking couch. Again, you can find all that at nofspodcast.com slash club. But we'll be back again next Thursday with another free episode of the show. Until then, I'm John. I'm Kim. Stay, Stay creepy. It appears you made it out alive, but we'll get you next time. Help us to grow the horde. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. More terror can be found lurking on our website, nofspodcast.com. Until next time, stay creepy, fiends. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.